Welcome to a subjective podcast, Objectively, where we will bring new ideas to the forefront under the light of both objectivity and subjectivity to help conversation move outside of the box. And now, your host, Jordan Bale. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast where we talk about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Jordan Bell, and I'm bringing you guys an interview with my former 10th grade American literature teacher and uh, an amazing part of the VECA staff here, Miss Jones. Hi. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Jones? Well, I am a retired educator. This is my 37th year. The joke is that I retired twice mm. um, because I love it here at Becca so much. And so I retired once, came back, um, started working here about five years ago, and retired again because I thought that I was going to have to take care of my dad who um, was sick. And then he got better. And so I'm back here. Uh, I'm an intervention specialist now. And I also am your advisor for the Senior Capstone Project. So I love, love, love VECA. Um, Just had no intentions of leaving it for good. And I appreciate that they still want me here. Well, we're, we're really happy to have you here. And she mentioned the capstone activity, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on into the episode. But we're going to start off by talking about some general educational stuff, and we're going to talk about being what it's like to be a teacher and what it's like to kind of be a student and the relationship between students and teachers in general. So, Ms. Jones, what is your favorite part about being a teacher and more specifically being a teacher here at VECA? Well, what I love about being a teacher and have always loved about it is that every day is different, that you can have all the plans in the world, but once that discourse occurs between teacher and student, then all the plans go out the window and Mm -hmm. that I use your word relationship and that discourse becomes more organic based on the needs and the interests and the knowledge of the students um, so I, I just, I love, I've always loved teaching because every day is different. Every day's new. And I kind of, to piggyback off that, I kind of feel like it's a lot easier to do that at VECA because it's such a small community of students and teachers. And, you know, you can get really personal with the students. And that's what really is a huge factor in our learning and what puts us kind of ahead of the game when it comes to school and education in general. Me, as a student, I would say VECA is like an amazing place. It's probably like the best school uh, in Georgia. But (laughs) (laughs) me as a student, I've always felt like, you know, the classroom environment wasn't really my environment to be in. Like I learned better away from the classroom, if you get what I'm saying. I I do. You you love knowledge for its own sake and you seek that out. Um, But what I I remembered about you as a classroom student was how willingly you engaged in that discourse. Um, And so go ahead and finish saying what you were about about why you love VECA. I love VECA because, you know, it's 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 a home environment. And also when you've been here as long as us students at VECA have been like I'm a senior now. I've been here since sixth grade. And that's how. It goes here. You graduate here after you come in as a middle schooler and you're like, wow, 
I spent my whole life with these people, basically, you know, and it's just really like a growing experience. And it's like basically having a second family that teaches you all the things you need. So I wanted you I wanted to hear you say family, because (laughs) when we talk amongst ourselves as as uh, faculty and colleagues and then when the the teachers talk to the students about what makes this place special. That word family is what always comes up. And certainly that's a double-edged sword because, you know, all families have a dynamic that sometimes is hard to break mm-hmm. the longer you are together. And so that may be the only downside of being here and being a family because we all know each other so well. Mm-hmm. And so to bring about any kind of significant change in those dynamics is difficult. But beyond that, this is a very warm, homey, intimate uh, place and very different from, say, the high school that we're associated with, with which is one of the largest um, south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this homely environment that really, like, I would say it helps with students to be able to learn where they're comfortable because in some of those places like the high school, those bigger classroom environments, it's kind of difficult for you to get the knowledge that you need and for the teacher to actually, you know, go at the pace that you need them to go for you to get the understanding. I agree. I think it's very easy to get lost in even just in a classroom of, say, 30 to 32 students. You know, you can kind of disappear. You can... Uh, be invisible. It's very, very difficult to know whether somebody's getting what you're sharing with them, uh, how to remediate and and help them with those individual needs. The fact that we have such a small uh, student to teacher ratio allows for us not only to get to know you, but to get to know what your needs are and what your interests are and kind of tailor make the lesson and and every day toward those, again, more intimate, uh, smaller group quota needs. Exactly. That's that's possibly the biggest aspect of VECA. And I, gotta, I have to ask, have you seen any significant changes in the environment besides the fact that, you know, our campus is always growing? We're, we're always adding like, you know, new teachers and we're, we're cleaning out some of the older rooms and we're actually putting more stuff in them for the students and for the teachers and faculty. So have you seen any significant changes in the climate of VECA in general? I think every year um, VECA, VECA's environment improves because this school, like all schools should, is constantly in a, a reflective mode. We're, we're always kind of asking ourselves, you know, what's working, what's not working. And so we're always making adjustments uh, week to week, uh, semester to semester, and then, of course, year to year. So in the five years that I've been here, I've just seen so many solid improvements about, you know, how we support you when you're going to college, um, how we teach you and sometimes even force you to learn cooperatively. Uh, 
you know, just today, if we want to talk about the physical environment of VECA, you know, we've been trying to beautify the campus for the last three to four years. And today was really, if we want to talk about the capstone of something, it really capstone was the capstone or the capping off of our school environment by inviting one of our partners, Lowe's, in to uh, bring our garden up to date, something we've been working on for the last three years, to bring in some some tables where we can have outdoor classrooms, you know, a, a, a fixed swing so that we can go outside and enjoy this, this newly beautified campus. And, and that's something that we've been trying to do since our second graduating class. And it's just gotten better and better every year. So I don't know if you were talking about physical environment or just the the kind of metaphysical environment, but I, I see both of those changing constantly because we're always in reflective mode. Yeah, same here. Uh, the steady improvements really help student morale, I feel, because I looking at a beautiful campus, you know, it gives me, I don't know about other students, but it gives me kind of excited to learn knowing that, you know, I'm in a place that's it's like very homely and it looks presentable. Yeah. You know, that's. You want to look out that window and go, oh, I really want to go sit in that swing. Unlike what motivated us to start that, that garden project was one of our sixth graders was looking out the window waiting to go into lunch. And he saw painted on the window the golden garden, which was created by uh, a former teacher here at VECA when this was an elementary school. And it had gotten to such disrepair that 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 child looked up and said, well, that garden sure ain't very golden. (laughs) So that was sort of the impetus to get started and make this a beautiful place. And so I'm glad that now by your senior year, you're able to see something that you can really be proud of. And proud that when people visit here they can see it and and think that it's beautiful too oh definitely it's it's definitely a golden garden now but the next (laughs) step is to get it to a platinum garden you know (laughs) and take it a step higher it's just steady improvement that we need to keep having but earlier you talked about what was capstoning our school and now i want to go a little bit more in depth about my capstone activity as a senior I kind of briefly explained what it was on my first introductory podcast, but I'd like you to go a little bit in depth on what it is and what it functions as. Okay. So for the last two years, and we tried three years ago to introduce this to seniors, but for the last two years, we've required every senior to have what we call a capstone project. And, you know, we begin by asking what a capstone is. And so certainly when I, like earlier when I said that we've kind of capped off this garden project, uh, the capstone project kind of caps off this sixth through 12th grade experience. But a capstone also is a directional uh, signpost. And so what this is also is, is an attempt for you to really dig into a social issue, a subject, a major. It can be kind of a, a conglomeration or a, a quilt of ideas, kind of like yours is, and to spend the first semester of your senior year just exploring. 
and then second semester to really dig into one or two subjects and research, watch videos like you're doing now, do a project, visit schools, visit um, places of employment where that major and that subject is in action, and maybe even cross off some of those dreams and those hopes, some of those things that you thought you wanted to do, because there's nothing worse than being a senior in college, having majored in something and go, you know, I really, really don't like this Mm -hmm. at all. What am I going to do with my life? And so we want you to be heading into your college major experience with some ideas about what your talents are, what your interests are, and maybe more important, what they are not. So that's what the capstone project is for, at least for us at Becca. I know different schools in Georgia and different schools in other states approach it slightly differently. Really? Uh, but you'll, you'll culminate your project with a presentation and a research-based paper that will incorporate like you have done here, the project that you've undertaken. Mm -hmm. Very well explained. But to go a little bit more in depth on my specific capstone activity, my capstone activity is called the Renaissance Man (laughs) because of the fact that a Renaissance Man, a Renaissance Man, is a person who has multiple skills. And so for that, I'm going to be interacting with a lot of different people on their own capstone activities per se. Like I'll be visiting you know, certain places with different people to kind of get a feel of what I might like and what I don't like to see where that kind of goes. But the main overall theme with mine is journalism and uh, mass media, which is kind of why I decided to do a podcast and why Mr. Marshall and Ms. Jones pushed me to do the podcast. Well, and Jordan, you know, you know that since I've known you even in the ninth grade before I was your teacher, I always commented on what a beautiful, rich <laughs> voice you have and that I really wanted you to get into something where you could use that beautiful voice. And this is just absolutely the best vehicle for, you know, the skills, those Renaissance skills that you just mentioned, plus this gorgeous, rich voice that you're using on this podcast now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, There's a lot that is going to go into it, but this podcast itself is going to be the main foundation for my capstone. And as I share my experiences, I'm going to keep on posting to my podcast as I'm going along through my capstone activity. And it's it's just overall going to be a blast and it's going to be a great learning experience. And I'm kind of glad that this is actually an activity that we would do, because if not, then I probably wouldn't even be hosting this podcast, you know. <laughs> well, I'm crazy proud of you. Thank you. But um, you spoke a little bit about, you know, getting into college and thinking you want to major something and then majoring it and you go into life like, wow, I don't really want to do this. Uh, what are some ways you can avoid actually choosing something that you don't see a career in your future with? Well, certainly to have those authentic experiences like shadowing, uh, something that we'll do this year with, with people in a major or profession that you think you have an interest in. Um, I know my husband 
thought that he was going to be a doctor, and he was already in the pre-med program at Georgia. And he came home for Christmas and spent some time uh, in a nursing home and in the emergency room uh, in Valdosta, and he absolutely hated it. Mm. And as soon as he went back the next semester, he changed his major and became a coach and an educator and was a fantastic educator and, a, and an excellent administrator and one of the best coaches that uh, his, his former players, you know, reference. And he had to find out what he wasn't going to do before he could find out what he could do. So shadowing any kind of authentic hands-on experience is the absolute best way to avoid getting into a major that you know you're not suited for. You know, there's also little, there's all kinds of tests uh, on um, Georgia 411 and all over the internet where you can kind of assess your skills, mm-hmm. you know, find out really what your bent is so that again, you can kind of see what you're best suited for. Um, I, you know, I we go to the Wiregrass, which is the local technical school, and we also find out about majors that are, are I guess, n- not as promoted as others, but are job areas that are in so high need and are so, um, I guess, suited for people with, like, kinesthetic uh I guess, learning styles, you know, they're, if, they're, if they're really hands-on that most students don't know about, you know, we're still kind of stuck in this idea that everybody has to be in a, quote, profession, you know, mm-hmm. we have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or an Indian chief, and that these <laughs> other high-need areas are not, they're not promoted in schools, you know, we're, we're guilty of that as, as teachers and administrators, and you, so you have to kind of go into those technical schools and find out what those high need areas are as well. That, that uh, as much as I love the university system and I loved learning that way, every kid is not geared toward that environment. And so finding out what different schools have to offer at both the, you know, the academia and the technical level is another way to avoid being stuck in the wrong place. I agree with that because, you know, there's a lot of ways you could get hands-on experience that'll help you rather than, you know, sitting in a classroom and learning about something by having someone lecture you, you know, the world is not just college, you know, there's a, and it's not all theoretical. Like you said, it's not all theory. Exactly. So I 100% agree with that. And, you know, I have to ask you, this is a question that also came up last week when we met with the alphas at VSU, uh, me and the other young gentleman from 11th and 12th grade. We were in here talking about a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. I don't have the quote with me, but it was something along the lines of um, education is not just knowledge. It is knowledge plus character. It was something along the lines of that. And I have to ask, do you feel as though the current education system is not only giving students knowledge, but it's also giving students, you know, the certain tools that they need to build character? You know, I hope so. Um, I know that, I guess a few years ago, somebody asked me 
if there was one thing that I wanted students to get from me, what would that one thing be? And certainly, I would love for every student to say that, Miss Jones, you were the greatest teacher, but that's not realistic. <laughs> and so then I lower the bar and say, I hope that you have the most significant English language arts experience that you've ever had, even if you don't love English. And if that's not the answer that I get, then what I hope, 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 is that every student comes away knowing that being kind and being able to communicate through kindness, through hard work, through uh, rigorous discipline, if they can uh, embrace any one of those character characteristics, then if you don't get anything English language arts out of it, I hope that you come away being kind, that you come away being able to listen and to speak, um, come away uh, seeing the need and acting on it. So I guess, yeah, I think uh, teacher by teacher, we are trying to build character always. Um, I, I hope that you always see my heart because I'm always trying to see my kids' hearts. Of course. Uh, kindness in general is like a huge aspect of life that is somewhat more, I would say, rare these days, but needed a lot more. You see, because in the current state of the world, a lot of people are real pessimistic and they don't see the good in most people. And, you know, they feel like, oh, it's either me or you, you see. But what I feel like the education system needs to be more geared around these human traits that we need to grow as a species. And we need to, you know, come from school knowing that there are people out there just like us. You know, they're humans, too. Some people might be less fortunate than others. Some people may be more fortunate than others, but we should all just do our best to give our fellow man a yeah, hand. to be the best humans we can be. And I, I have to say that at least at VECA, uh, you know, I, I think about Dr. Marshall and him constantly saying expectations. Definitely. And you don't even have to define what that is because if you go back and, and you look at the expectations that have been uh, I guess, preached and taught to you since sixth grade that are posted all over the school that, you know, are in your agendas and therefore they're stamped on your heart. Mm -hmm. We don't even have to explain what those expectations are. So at least from the standpoint of this school, yes, I believe that we're trying every day to build character. Of course, especially at Vecca with Mr. Marshall and his expectations. <laughs> Ever since sixth grade, before I even had him as a teacher, it was always expectations, Jordan. <laughs> Follow expectations, you know, it, it exceed expectations all the time. But that's a huge part of the culture here at Vecca. That's about all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you, Ms. Jones, again for having for well for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Jordan, for asking uh, me to be here and to just ask me such interesting probing questions. I, again, <laughs> I'm just so proud of you, and and I'm so grateful that I got to to give that shout out about you to all the listeners today. Thank you. And uh, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but we're going to we're going to progressively grow these episodes as time goes on. We're going to make these 
a little bit longer and a little bit more formal. But I don't plan on ever using a pure script to go off with it because that kind of makes the our conversation artificial, if you know what I mean. I do. I like it organic. Of course. But um, anyways, that's the end of this episode. I will catch you all in the next installment of A Subjective Pod, Cast Objectively. I'm your host, Jordan Bell, and I am out. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Go ahead and follow me over on Twitter at UnironicUser to keep updated on upcoming podcasts and to watch what I post and just get involved in the discussion.